Hi, I'm Sean Hanif, and you're listening to Life of an Entrepreneur. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Life of an Entrepreneur podcast, which is pretty much about me, Sean Hanif, and my life um, as an entrepreneur. And today, I run a company called Genflow. We help creators become entrepreneurs. By creators, I mean the people that you follow on social media. Uh, people also refer to them as influencers, or you can call them YouTubers, etc. Um, this podcast I set up at the start of this year um, after I finished an 11 million investment round and uh, started off great. Um, was featured by Apple. I had about 2,000 uh, subscribers to the podcast, which was great. However, as my day job is uh, keeping me 100% consumed, I've not been able to create that many episodes. Um, the intention was to have this as more of a weekly, what I'm actually up to, to give entrepreneurs like yourself a real insight into what it's actually like. And hopefully a lot of the stuff I talk about resonates with you. Because the truth is, I find a lot of content is very top line um, on social media. And I pretty much have, I've never found anything like the content I'm trying to create, which is giving you a behind the curtain look of mentally and physically and just everything what it's like running a business so, you know a lot of people talk about systems processes top line outsource everything you know four hour work week and all that good stuff um but not many people talk about the real shit needed to scale and grow a business um and, and, and become successful in whatever you're trying to do so that's the intention of this podcast um i think this is episode number seven in this episode in particular We'll be giving you guys an update on the business and what has been going on um, and then get into some of the stuff I've recently learned and um, alongside just kind of like what I've been feeling and I think a lot of that a lot of that stuff I'm pretty sure you guys will relate with um, because it's stuff that you probably feel every single day just like I do um, but anyway sit back and um, hope you, you enjoy this episode um, that being said Let's get into it. And uh, yeah, I think firstly, let me start with a quick update on the company. So now um, they, I have a team of 90, um, around about 60 of them are based in the UK and 30 of them are now based um, around the world. Since COVID, you know, I was not big on remote work, but as we went through COVID, I learned physically how to work remotely. And essentially that led us to opening up our search from a recruitment point of view and being able to find people all over the world, you know, which I'm now quite proud of. Also, you know, it shows if I had a strong opinion against this, if I'm completely honest, and essentially I was wrong. Um, but the world has changed. I think previously, pre-COVID, remote work was different because you kind of didn't know how to work at home. People wanted to because travel time is long, want to spend more time with family and all that stuff, you know, which is 100% um, right. It's just that people didn't know how to. But I think it forces to learn how to work from home and you've made a way to work from home. If that's, you know, where you sit in your house, do you have an extra screen? That people have learned the skill of how to work from home. So yeah, I guess now we've gone full, full um, throttle when it comes to a worldwide global team. Currently, I have people hired in Pakistan, Jamaica, Ghana, Nigeria, Germany, and some other places. I can't think off the top of my head. Um, I think France recently. Um, but yeah, it's a team of 90. As you can imagine, very different um, from a year and a half ago or from before. You know, when you, when you can all sit in a room 
the whole the way you run a company is completely different to a company I would say sixty plus. Um, you've I've had to really work on, and I really underestimated after raising how much effort is going to take a to hire the team and number two to be able to get the best out of them. Completely underestimated it, and I'm someone that like still plans and does everything to a lot of meticulous detail. Even for me, um, it's been a lot more than than I thought. Um, so yeah. Team has grown. Um, alongside that, we recently moved into a new office um, for our UK team, um, which is a great space. Uh, it's a brand new building. We just moved in recently and we've uh, opened the doors back up. So the team is back in the office. Uh, we do a few days in the office a week. Uh, still so flexible working. And, um, you know, that, that's been a massive change because now physically working again together um, it's been great, you know. I think immediately our productivity has gone higher. Everyone's getting closer. Everyone's getting to know each other because business is just like anything, right? That, you know, if 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 people are going to work together, they're going to work for each other. So if you have a bit more of a relationship with each other, you will naturally perform better. There's a, you know, it, it's just common sense. So we're seeing the benefits of that. That was cool. Also, what was really cool was we ended up doing like an opening event. And I remember I was thinking, what shall I say to everybody? And, you know, I've not done much um, public speaking or just speaking to the whole team or the whole company. Never had really had the opportunity. When we did the investment, I did it on Zoom. Very different. Um, sitting in your bedroom and just talking to your screen. So to this many people, I've never spoken. Um, so I remember the night before, I was just thinking to myself, what shall I say? And I was really going to talk about... I guess what we do as a business and what's our goal, what's our vision and that kind of stuff. And then I ended up Googling Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and whatever else, just like motivational speeches that business people give. And it made me realize that what I need to do is actually should try to inspire people by telling them, I guess, what inspires me to keep pushing forwards because some of that stuff they may not realize. And um, that's what I ended up doing. And it, and I thought I did a very good job, uh, personally. I was really happy with my own performance. Um, and the reason that is because what I spoke about, I spoke about this thing about like basically having like true passion for whatever you're trying to do. I know everyone says that, but I'm not talking about the flashy stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that you like doing. So for me personally, if you know, you probably some of you already know my story. You know, growing up, I used to buy and sell things from a very young age. And... Um, my passion has always been that is selling. And what's crazy, if you think about it right now, what my company does, I take what a creator has and I sell that to somebody else. And, you know, Gemflow facilitates that through tech, through software, through services, through, through lots of stuff. That I'm truly now doing something that I'm passionate about and I has always been passionate about. And I think it was um, Jeff Bezos' speech where I heard this. He was like, passion... You don't pick your passion. The passion picks you. And it's so interesting because a lot of people try to be, find something they like instead of really being like, what am I naturally good at? I should do that instead. Uh, I should focus on that and even build a business around that because that's my one skill that I'm great at. Um, and everyone is different in that. People have different skills. And for me, it's that. That's the skill. I can look at something and figure out how to sell it. Um, figure out all the intricacies needed to bring that product to market, to bring that service to market, to sell it in some way. I used to stand at market stalls and sell stuff. 
I used to take my family's uh, clothes and things they don't want and stand on a market stall and sell it. So I guess, yeah, I've always been a salesperson. So anyway, back to the speech. And um, where I realized, uh, so yeah, so that day I spoke about passion. I spoke about another thing as well, which was, you know, seven years ago, um, I left my job. And just to tell a room full of people that seven years ago, I left my job. It's been five years since I started GenFlow. And this is where we are now and the impact we've had. And the impact I spoke about was the following, because people don't realize, and I wanted my team to realize, and I think if you're listening, same for you guys. Because of what we do, we've made like teenagers become millionaires, like literally cash millionaires. You know, in one particular client helped, um, helped their mom get out of a bad marriage and pay for the divorce because of the money that she made because of us. I've had countless others buy their family's houses, pay off debt, and everything else. So fundamentally, if GemFlow didn't exist, those people may not have essentially changed their lives, as cliche as that sounds. And um, so, you know, just like really telling the team that the impact that we're having, because it's not just about the work that you do day to day. It's not about this and that. They're trying to find the inner meaning. Because even for you, just like me, it is what drives you because you know you're making fundamental differences. And no one's going to say thanks. You know, No one's going to tell you anything about it. I have clients who have bought houses and whatever, and they're living such a better life that they could never would have imagined. You know, I don't expect them to come and say, oh, thank you, Sean, you did this for me. No, it's not about that. But I know I did it. That's all that matters. If I know it, that's all that matters. So I think, yeah, for, you know, just, just kind of focus on what you're doing and the impact it has and understand it for yourself. If you understand that, it'll give you a superpower because you know what you can do. Also, that's how you build your reputation. You'll hear people talk about you should network and that's how you grow and whatever. I personally believe you grow in life and in business by showing what you're capable of. There isn't a client today, a creator today that I worked with that could ever say that they didn't receive value either from me or the company. Regardless if it ended up didn't working out with them or whatever else. And there's lots of those situations because it's just natural. But you need to yourself know how good you are and what you can do for others. And you do it for yourself and that's it. You will naturally keep winning. That's the winning mentality, basically. What I would say, that's my willing winning mentality that has helped me get scaled, uh, scale the business. But anyway, the biggest thing I said in the room that day was, which was crazy, to his head out loud, that I'm living my dream. I think sometimes in business, anyway myself, right, like if you watch my stories on Instagram or anything else, of course, yeah, I'm working hard, I'm chasing, I'm talking about growth, I'm talking about the next thing. And, you know, you get caught up in the next thing, next thing, next thing. And that's going to be the case. It's going to be forever and ever. It's human nature. But at the same time, you need to also understand what's happening right now and what's, where are you right now? So, you know, for me to point blank, tell everybody I am living my dream. And it's thanks to everyone in that room, to all our clients, to all our investors, everyone's ever done anything to do with me. Even if someone who's hated on me, right, whatever, I am living my dream. And I understand that I value that. And I'm not going to let anything destroy that at the same time. So yeah, it was just crazy for me to openly say that it felt amazing. And it felt something that I want to do more. I need to learn how to speak my emotions to the team. Because I feel like by doing that, they'll become closer to me. And it, it did. 
So what the other thing that really surprised me was for the rest of the evening, because we had some food and some other stuff and we went to some venue. Then we had like a, a club and stuff booked. The amount of team members that came up to me saying, oh, I didn't know your story. I didn't know you were so normal, like, because um, people are scared of me now, which to me is a very strange thing. Well, I understand, right? Like, if you're the CEO, you're the boss, I walk into a room, everyone stops speaking, they're having a good time, I'm the person that ruins the time. I get it, you know. When I was working, uh, I used to be the same with my boss, so I completely understand it. Funny story on that, I was actually wanting to join a meeting the other day, and I was actually told I can't because I will ruin the meeting by just my presence. I was like, I won't even say anything. Can I just sit on the side? No, you can't. So yeah, it's a learning curve, right? I understand. I understand the position. I understand where I am. But that day, it was amazing to hear. Because of my speech, I kind of like made myself feel human. There's one team member in particular. I won't name. I won't name her. She came to me and said, I can't believe how normal you are. You're just like a normal human. And it just made me think like how people perceive you. And I need to work harder to like, you know, make myself seem normal so people can relate. Because when I'm telling them to do X, Y, Z, I mean to deliver this vision, this strategy, this forecast, that's when that's going to come in handy when they do it for you and for themselves at the same time. You know, money is never the driver. You'll always do something for people that you care about and there's different ways to care about people. So try to have more of an impression on your team. Lead by example, show emotion, show connection. And, you know, I think your team will start benefiting from it. So, yeah, that's a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, hope that helps. One of the other things I want to touch upon today in this episode is, you know, how much things have changed. Just so it gives you guys context. I know a lot of people that follow me and message me generally probably have a team of 5 to 20 people, maybe 30. And at this stage, I would say how to get to this stage and what it's like at this stage, which I would say probably is one, two stages ahead, is um, just the way you operate has to really change. And what I mean by that is you have to plan, like strategically plan everything in your business. You can't just uh, be doing something um, more in the now. So one thing we've really implemented, which is I think is changing the business so I made two really good hires. One name is um, David, who's my new COO. Um, the other one is James, who's my uh, chief brand officer. It's a role that we created um, to lead all our brands of uh, with our creators. And they're fundamentally are way more experienced than me. And they are changing the way we operate the business because of the way they are and their experience, which is that you have to plan first in detail have a strict way of working um, through the way you brief, the way you forecast. There needs to be key KPIs per department down to each team member so you're all working to the same goal. If you've previously, I've made an episode about my strategy this year. Now trying to, uh, trying to do, so strategy is like what we want to do. How we're going to do it comes down to the process and then empowering the team to know that. So, for example, if you're trying to hit a certain revenue goal, right, I'm sure you are. I'm sure each month you want to make more money than the previous month, right? Because that's a natural business instinct. Have you stopped and looked at what numbers will get you there? Meaning, what traffic do you have to drive to be able to make you a best month ever? What conversion do you have to have to make you a best month ever? What average order value do you need to make you the best month ever? Whatever those numbers, those KPIs are, does your team know them? 
like fundamentally or is it something that you're looking at so the mistake i've made in this business is that i didn't open the numbers up to the wider team um and instead had them focusing on things that they need to focus on and they do but they never had the context of uh, performance so i guess yeah one of the biggest things changed in my way of thinking is now it's like not how do i give a task to somebody that's what i used to think how should i give them a task brief them make sure they have good process now it's also about how do i empower them so they can actually deliver that um from a numbers perspective and cuz it's human nature when you tell someone can you do this they will try to do to that level to prove to them that they can do it right um and then structuring like team and bonuses and everything else around key performance so yeah in our business like fundamentally this has been the year of change you know like so much we've worked on in physically running the business that from 6 months ago it's a brand new business that's probably what i would say good and bad good cuz you've learned so much so many things to run the business better bad because we've naturally lost some of that startup juice some of that crazy agility some of the you know unique things that we were doing which a wider team now can't do or hasn't done it before especially with all the new hires so yeah this transition from like startup world to a bit of a more of a structured business so yeah good and bad um but the good definitely is something that is needed for the long term because that's the way we can be a sustainable business um with all different departments working in sync together because we work on you know the way we work with creators that we do so much for them you know we we help them launch brands you know we manage them we invest in them that it touches so many different types of skills that's very hard to like keep together so yeah been um that's probably what I would say is like it's the biggest change and anyone listening the takeaway i would say try to plan ahead try to build a forecast try to really work out what's going to move the numbers and also at the same time sorry yeah i realized that what do we need to stop doing as a business which which clients do we need to also stop working with because they are hindering our performance as a business um so yeah very interesting way of looking at your own business if you look at it objectively it kind of shows you a lot of things um one of the other big learning curves recently i think is more for me personally and hopefully some of you guys will resonate with this I've really learned not I'm still learning that's probably a mistake so I'm still learning not to let things consume me what I mean by that is the following so recently I've had many occasions where something has happened it could be something small but something which triggers me to be like concerned about it it could be um, an employee leaving it could be um you know sales for a particular client it could be jumpless on performance like you know it could be a client saying certain xyz thing or i've heard something in the, in the industry and um you know naturally it would sit with me till i solve it because i'm a crazy problem solver that until i don't solve it it stays with me mentally so while i'm doing something else it will be in my mind and i think this is for anyone now who's like i guess leading in a leading position there's so much going on so much that what you put your attention on obviously is very very key but also what consumes you from a mental point of view 
also that much more also is very important so i guess i'm very good at like you know i've learned you probably see me talk about it you know manage my time really well i've got a calendar system now everything goes in the calendar that i do every single day trying to maximize my output i try to make sure i'm hitting in a week the key strategic goals i have for the business i'm trying to make sure i give those enough time all of that stuff is great this is something else so this is whilst i've got all of that planned out whilst i'm doing all that stuff mentally it's like something else or some things will be in my mind which kind of shouldn't be there because someone else in the business has been hired to solve that problem and it almost is not my problem anymore but still it stays there and it still like nags at me that then forces me to get involved maybe when i shouldn't and and the rest so that's been happening to me um, probably always, but recently I've really understood this point to be like, hmm, now that I have a big team, now that I'm, I've got a strategy in place, I've got clear goals in place, I've got OKRs in place, I've got KPIs in place, I'm managing my time much better. I st- now is the last bit, I think, of the puzzle that I need to emotionally get free from problems that are Gemflow's problems, but not mine. Because I can't, I can't personally inherit all of Gemflow's problems because it's just too big now. That's, that's probably the best way to say it, actually. I should have started with that. That when you're a small company, every single problem in the business is yours. And it was. So if a customer service email came in and they were like, I don't like this product, I'd be like, oh, fuck, how do I solve this? Pick up the phone to the warehouse, solve it, send them another one. I, w- I would think everything is my problem. And I think that was one of our probably best things and why we scaled when a lot of our competitors who don't exist anymore, one day I would love to make a video to talk about what we did differently and actually show the companies and why they didn't succeed because I'm watching and I know why exactly. It's down to the execution and everything else. But, you know, let's not get into that right now. But it's because I took it on myself to solve every problem, like every single problem. But I think my biggest learning curve this year, since the funding, since the growth, has been that it no longer is. That there's someone else being hired now to solve that problem. And I need to keep myself focused on mentally on the right stuff. So, yeah, I think that's probably my biggest recent learning curve. That, yeah, like, it's just not my problem. It's Gemflow's problem, and Gemflow will solve it. And maybe if Gemflow doesn't solve it, it's probably not going to be material to the business. Material means like it's not going to be big enough for the business. Like we could probably lose any, we could probably lose like any client today and it won't change what Gemflow does. It won't change our future. It won't change what we're doing. I could probably lose any employee today for the same thing. What we do and what we have done and what we're going to do, it just far outweighs that, that we will live on no matter what. Like no creator is big enough. No person is big enough. No, nothing is big enough, essentially. We're at that point now as a business. So I think, yeah, massive learning curve. I would say to anyone listening, try to think of what I said in your own context and see what you can come up with in your own in your own mind. Um, you'd probably be surprised about how many things you let consume you, not just about business, even family, even anything, someone's opinion, someone's this, and how that then drags you down. Um it's happened to me many times. So what I'm finding is a lot better headspace. I think two weeks ago, I probably had the best week I've ever had in a very long time because I felt like free, free from 
all the duties I used to have. You know, I had to get on the phone and tell the guys what to do. I had to get involved on X, Y, Z clients and tell everybody what to do, fix things, look at things and all of that stuff that, you know, I had to do because that's what I had been doing. And that's why Gemflow became what it has become today. Um, but now for the first time, it's like, I don't have to do that. And it feels amazing. So I think, yeah, I'm hoping of the next couple of months to really become free from it all. So I can truly, you know, when I'm doing my sessions, my planned sessions, managing my time right and doing the things I want to do, but I can be 100% focused on it, like truly focused on it. Because I find I do the best work. So let's say I book out two hours because I'm going to be looking at NFTs for creators. You know, I'll do a big session on figuring out um, our opportunity and stuff. But when I stop doing that and I could literally be in the gym, I could be having a shower, I could be playing with my daughter. And that's when like other things start coming to my head because I'm interested and I'm still thinking about it. And that's what I miss because what naturally happens now is that I focus on something for two hours. It's amazing. I'm like, oh, I'm loving this. You know, I lose track of time. I get so soaked into the information and ideas are coming. You know, how am I going to sell this? How am I going to make this? Blah, blah, blah. But when I'm off doing something else, then like this naggy problem will come into my mind instead. And it's like, I don't want to be thinking about that. So yeah, very, very, very strange thing. You're probably thinking like, what am I talking about? But essentially, yeah. So I would say give that a go uh, from your own perspective. Um, and uh, we can do that. And I think one of the one of the things I want to move on to is, um, I think part of all this as well in my own personal growth has been to truly start reminding myself like how far I have personally come and the business itself. I think that's probably like one of the things um, recently I've really been focusing on is just, just, I think I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast actually, just like truly understanding where you are and accepting that and realizing that and enjoying that. And I think I'm doing a lot more of that mentally. And I think it's needed from this stage to truly scaling up as a, as a business owner, the amount of risk, the amount of reward, the amount of people that we physically affect now. Um, you know, we've had millions of people purchase something from our clients, the amount of people we're physically affecting us so much. So just reminding myself, you know, where I've gone to and why and what, what got us here, what got me here is this belief of that I can do anything um, and I can't lose that, you know. Um, and trying to put myself in positions where I can do that more instead of getting sucked into things. So one of that is, I'll give you an example. I'm not good at like corporate stuff, reporting and the rest of it. So for example, our COO creates all the information with the team. We have, we have to create like a board report and give them an update. I'm just not that good at that. I'm not good at running the team from that perspective because it's not my true skill. So I don't have to do it. So I hired someone who can help me with it. Of course, I will lead it and I will own it and I will do parts of it. But at least I can get really good help from someone who knows how to do that, has done it many times before. He was uh, at Selfridges before. He was reporting to the Selfridges board. You can imagine how hard that must have been. So yeah, I guess that's an example of just, I'm trying to put myself back in the positions where I'm good at. And I'm the best at, so the business can get the best. And I can personally get the best because it's enjoyment at the end of the day of what you're doing as well at the same time. Um, and I think the very last thing I want to talk about today was um, 
this has probably been the biggest lesson in scaling a business that you always need to be in sell mode. And I say this to my team as well recently. So if, even if they're talking internally, even if you're speaking internally, even if you're speaking to a client, whoever you're ever speaking to, you should always be in sell mode. You always need to think about what that person wants to hear, like what information do they really care about, and you need to be focusing on that rather than what you want to say. That's the way you win conversations. You know, we're very good at pitching and winning clients at Gemflow. And that is because of one reason and one reason only, we know how to sell. Not our services, not what we can do, but sell to the person what they want. That's it. And it can be so different. We've won clients by never making a sample, by never showing them what we can do, by just telling them what it would be like running a business or having a business. And that alone has helped assign a client because we're selling to them what they want to know, what they want to hear. So if a creator is frustrated with doing brand deals and he's not enjoying them no more, has to post, you know, a credit content they don't want to, they've done it many times, they've made enough money. If we sell them creative freedom, if we sell them control, if we sell them ownership, they want to work with us. They don't even care what we have done, who have we done it for, what our costs are. People always talk about, oh, how do I price myself to clients? It's honestly, in my experience, it's never even a problem. I just had a call two days ago, actually, the potential new client in, in the US is for a clothing brand. And um, they just want to work with somebody who has good business sense. They go to me, they think I have. Don't work with me more personally. I was like, look, I can, but obviously they, I'll have a team and everything else. We didn't even speak about price. Obviously, I've known my price and they've come back and they've accepted that price. Because if someone is going to choose you over 500 difference or a thousand difference, it's just never going to be an amazing client in any way because it's purely transactional. So you just always have to be in sell mode to your team, to clients to investors so when we have a board meeting i fully know they in their minds they put i think they've invested like 500 million um into companies this year alone so you know it's such a small investment for them as a whole they just want to know is their money safe are you on track on your business plan and um that's pretty much about it then they're happy so that's what i need to be telling them I don't need to be telling them James left last week and, you know, Amy did this and this client is annoying, this client is amazing and whatever, all the stuff I probably want to talk to them about. They, they don't care. They need to be sold what they need to know. Then they would be happy. So it's weird. So yeah, always be in sell mode is what I would say. Um, but yeah, anyway, look, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hit subscribe because episodes are coming to so today is sunday the 26th of september and this episode will be out tomorrow i'm going to be doing weekly episodes from now on i go through so much on a week-to-week -week basis that i need to be i need to do this weekly so i can actually share in a bit more real time what's up and what it's really like you know generally speaking i'm working on my personal brand not doing such a great job of it but i'm starting to i've got a team together now we're trying we're learning been doing some youtube content as well 
Reflow, we do every single week, which is my series where I take you behind the scenes of the company and you see a lot of the team. It's not a bit raw like this. That's more obviously taking you through through just generally uh, snippets of what Gemflow is up to, um, including myself. But anyway, I hope you like this podcast. Um, do share it on Instagram so I can see that you're listening and um, I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks.